when you empower people to have their voice and, and you hear their voice, then they have buy-in and you allow them Absolutely. to maybe fall and skin their knees the odd time in whatever role they have. Yeah. They're empowered. They have buy-in to the common goal that you have yes. going. Are you experiencing lack of mentorship and might not want to ask because you don't want to look incompetent? Is the thought of being imperfect keeping you from taking action? Welcome to Inspired Action for Imperfect Humans Season 3. Each week, we interview senior leaders to uncover the inner workings of being a strategic leader and how they curate a corporate coaching culture. We debunk some common misconceptions by exploring their failures and successes as imperfect humans. This weekly mentorship will help you with tactics to play the game, navigate the politics, and think strategically. From the heart of Calgary, Canada, here's your host, award-winning coach, Kyle Kalu. Well, hello, everyone. Thank you for coming and joining us for an another exciting week, speaking to one of the uh, leaders just in Calgary here. Actually, I'm going to introduce you to Marshall uh, Toner here in a second. Um, and I just want to welcome everyone who's joining. Either you're listening or you're watching us. Thank you for being here. Um, you already heard about my name already, so let's just kind of jump right into it because I'm really excited to chat with Marshall here in a second. So Marshall Toner here leads the JLL Canada Group, and that's for Jones Lang LaSalle, for those who may not be as familiar with it. It's the industrial group, and it's responsible for the alignment and collaboration between industrial teams across Canada, or, you know, across the country, actually, because I remember I was in the UK and I saw quite a few jail offices there as well. Um, he's also the co-lead of the industrial team based in Calgary, overseeing landlord representation, owner users, uh, owner user sales, as well as land sales and tenant representation. Now, here's some interesting information about uh, Marshall. Um, he joined JLL in about 2015, which brings him up to about 28 years or so of experience in the commercial real estate sector. He has also been involved in over 2,000 career lease uh, and sales deals, which have earned him a long-standing reputation for success, which we're going to hear about. He also represented a wide range of known companies all across, like Lowe's, Walmart, Whirlpool, uh, CNN, in rail even though i'm kind of a cp rail guy so i'll talk about that maybe marsh i appreciate that um with a few others out there his exceptional track record stems from his vast market knowledge strong client relationship and accurate service delivery Marshall's professionalism, integrity, and experience have enabled him to be recognized, um, recognized numerous times as a top Canadian and North American producer. Now, Marshall, you earned a civil engineering degree, I believe, in the University of Saskatchewan, uh, where he received all Canadian honors in football and track and field. Kind of have the track field in common with you there, not the football pieces. Uh, he's also a former player of the Calgary Stampeders and active member of the Calgary Stampeder Alumni Association. Now, if Marshall does have spare time, apparently Marshall and his wife, uh, Sherry, have uh, co-chaired a major fundraising initiative with Mustard Seed Foundation, again, local to Calgarians. The Seed of Hope Gala has raised 1.4 million uh, supporting the foundation's vision of eliminating homelessness and reducing poverty in Calgary. Did I miss anything there, Marshall? Have I kind of summed you up there? Well, the 1.4 is now closer to 2 million because we just uh, had another fundraiser for the mustard seed. But no, no. Yeah. Wow. 
That is phenomenal. That's a lot of money, obviously, you know, helping. Now, Marshall, a couple of things there. For you to get to that, you know, for doing a few things in your life and having a lot of that stuff, like, how did you get there? What has the journey been like when you say, when you think about your leadership? Well, you know, I never really thought much about leadership, to be very blunt with you. Uh, the leadership that I was used to came the foundation of it out of the sporting world you know right active in hockey I was very active in football, obviously and then i played with the staff teachers for six years and so that was my uh whether your leadership is you know in the locker room with whoever's you know a group of captains or whether it's the coaching staff that was my first introduction to what leadership really was and i wasn't really paying attention to it per se and taking notes on leadership you just learn what you like and learn what you don't like and yeah. kind of apply it uh, in your own world. You know, the brokerage world's a funny world because most of the time you transact deals uh, without really having a team uh, behind you. And as I got deeper and deeper into the uh, world of industrial real estate and brokerage, I thought, I can be better serve my clients and better serve myself if I create a team around. And mm. uh, I, I've had a team probably for, I don't know, 16 years. It started with one person that's grown to 10 people now locally in Calgary. Right. My role uh, with JLL uh, across Canada, just kind of making sure the offices in Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary, Toronto, and Montreal support each other uh, on a on a greater scale. So uh, to answer your question, that was a long answer to it, Kyle. That's um, good. My first my first introduction to leadership was in the sporting world. In the sport, you know, and, and I'll come back to that in a second because I think those folks get it, right? In the sporting world, it's, you know, I find when it comes to working as a team, respecting that there's someone, you know, has to kind of create that charge. It's even the hierarchy is very clearly designed, right? As far as the, the general manager, then you get it onto the captain. I think I, I want to go back a little bit of what you said there, Marshall, around, you know, recognizing that for you to really deliver on a better service to your your customers your clients you know you really need to build out of the team because you're just one person right yeah i just found two things kyle one was to create a better service platform but two was to have some sort of quality of life i mean when you're a lone wolf trying to do that all by yourself that could be very time draining and time consuming and uh you know you give a little bit up of the pie, but I think at the end of the day, one plus twenty three instead of one plus twenty going two. So mm -hmm. uh, it's a decision I've never regretted. It's very good for me, uh, professional perspective. Yeah, I mean, uh, you, you're kind of cutting out there a little bit at the end, Marshall, I'm not sure, but I don't want to miss that. Just that last piece that you were mentioning around, you know, the growth right from that team so like how has that been like when you go from just yourself because that's sometimes the challenge i find when people fear of leading right they're like i know how to do it i do it really well but then now i have to work with someone else maybe i have to train someone else. like how did you go from that one to then you're turning around and you're like boom 23 people well you know you you apply principles that you've learned or you've been exposed to uh you either take a note of or you just have it by osmosis, right? That's yeah, right. 
And then number two, I think uh, I've, I've been a big proponent of an advocate of personal growth. And you just read on certain people or uh, mm -hmm. I remember reading all of John Maxwell stuff yes. 20 years ago. That was kind of my start to it. And, and then you formulate your own recipe that seems to work for you uh, with some trial and error, of course. There's, yeah. Never goes as smoothly as one would think. Um, and and you think you constantly tweak that depending on who's working for you, what kind of personalities for you, and ultimately what kind of job you're in. Now, from the sports side to what you're doing right now, is there much of a differences, or do you find that there are some transferable disciplines yeah. that happens there? You know, for me, when I look at all the team sports out there, football is one of the truest team style, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Just yeah. takes one. You can have the perfect play. Yeah. And one guy doesn't do his job, and the play goes out. Right? So. Yeah. Um, you learn a lot of everyone doing their own job, uh, being responsible for their own job, not worried about what the guy beside him is doing. Let him take care of that. And uh, just how not wanting, you know, if they're really a true team, it doesn't matter who gets the glory at the end of the day, at the mm -hmm. end of the game, as long as we're all contributing to that end result and that, that common goal, that's what's important. And, and it's very transferable to the business world. It's kind of the same thing. The goals are different per se. It's not winning the cup. It's uh, right. hitting revenue targets, acquiring customers, uh, doing good work, whatever it happens to be in your own in your own world. And it's the same kind of thing. You know, I, I'm, a, I'm a believer of good leadership about, you know, owning the failure, you know? Mm and sharing in the successes. Yeah. And lots of leaders want it the other way around. They want to throw people under the bus and they want to own the, the successes. I, I found early in life that doesn't work very well. And, you know, it takes a certain amount of ego compression to do that. Mm. As uh, it's really great to put up your hand when things are going well. Uh, very difficult when, when you've had something go left, when you thought it was go right, you have to own that. Whether it's a client or another person, and um, I, I believe in sharing in success, sharing in the win, very, very important as a leader. And you know what? Sometimes I think Marshall is just you know there's something that we call you know you know you heard of that in the intro the creating that uh, curating that corporate coaching culture where if the environment is not set up a certain way, then sometimes, you know, it can get in the way of you getting really some team buy-in and team results. And so, you know, how do you find people to think about the team results that they do in sports, right? It's very clear there. There's no outside an MVP. It's a team result thing, right? Like it, it, the team one, or it's not you one, it's a team one. But sometimes the environment, we say that we want that, but then we didn't individualize, say to them, but what about your performance though? Like what is... Well, I think there's a couple ways to look at that. It, it depends at the end of the day what kind of culture uh, that you're wanting to create and then what kind of behavior you're willing to tolerate. I mean, mm. there, in the sporting world, it's a very good example to me. You, you've seen teams that have a star player on it that, as they call it, a cancer in the room or someone that... <laughs> right. uh, you know, not pulling the, the bus the same way everyone else is. And it doesn't matter how talented they are. They undermine yes. what you're trying to do at the end of the day. And some owners, managers, bosses, they'll accept that kind of behavior as they're hitting targets. They're very good at what they do, but they seem to lose and, and not understand what they're really doing 
in a silent stance is undermining what you're trying to create. And um, I, I think it's to, you know, stars, stars in anything, whether it's sports or in the world, they're a different phenomena. I mean, they are who they are for a reason. You know, mm -hmm. a top sales guy who knocks them out of the park is no different than a great receiver or a great or a great have some sort of skill set or drive or something that's taken them to that level. So it's, is there a way to harness what drives them and make that coexist with the rest of the uh, team or, or, or coworkers to right. achieve a result that everyone's bought into? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I had a, a small little stint with um, coaching Bantam Ball for basketball. And I remember, you know, selecting a team. There's one guy, he was great, Marshall. This guy, every time he went for the hoop, he got all the time, all day. Didn't pick him. So, of course, his parents were very upset by it and a few other. And, and I said, but he's so good that he forgets there's other people on the court. Right. There's other people. And so that's that team buy in. I know you guys do this as an organization, which I think is great when we talk about, you know, there's a tool that we use here as well called the five behaviors of a cohesive team. And one of those things that we do is about you know, the fifth behavior is results. And it's specifically on team results. Right. And so how do you in your organization when you, t you talk about, you know, creating a culture where people recognize, although they may be working on some individual deals, how do they you know, tap into keeping that top of mind? Because I want to come back to some of the failures in a second, but how do you help them keep that top of mind that the team results is as important as the individual contribution to that? Well, I think by selecting good teammates is your first mm. And then secondly, we have a value system within JLL, a communication process. And if you buy into that theory, then I, I don't think you're going to have much of a problem whether you're a high producer or medium producer or yes. striving to get to higher levels. Uh, because it's pretty clear, let's communicate with one another, let's collaborate with one another, let's trust one another, and we'll all win at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. um, not everyone subscribes to that theory. And right. if you don't, it, 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 it's difficult to operate within our particular culture now. I'm not saying because someone doesn't want to fit into that culture, they're not really good at what they want to do. It's not right. really good the way we want to. Because then you take a look at what the culture you're trying to create, that everyone has to be able to have a role in that. You mentioned earlier some failures. You know, and that's, you know, our podcast is really, we call it inspired action for imperfect humans. Cause that's the, the head fake is we're all imperfect, right? Is some of us are making decisions. Some of those are just saying, listen, I'm just deciding. So when you think about your long stance, 28 years into this type of, you know, experience and field and, and then starting to lead people, what would be some of your failures that you, that happened along the way? I mean, because I know in sports, you could probably say a few, because there's always something well, going there. Well, yeah, it didn't matter if it's sports or in, in business, yeah. is that the, my biggest failure was, and this is good really to you, but not, not understanding that everyone was motivated and driven like I was. And you can't nope. apply what, you use for gas to everyone else and yeah. then wonder why they can't do what you're doing and, yeah. and be very, being somewhat intolerable or uh, not understanding uh, that they're just not driven by the same metrics that you are. That was mm -hmm. my biggest feeling. I, yeah, I, I wish I could do that. Um, 
I was probably in my mid thirties before I figured that out. I mean, <laughs> as stupid as that is to say, uh, yeah. and, and that there's and that there's room for other people on the bus that aren't driven the same way. It, mm-hmm. We don't all have to be unicorns to make that happen. And everyone has a skill set, and it's kind of finding the fire or finding the ignition switch for those people to allow them to get to their highest level of achievement or their best. The, their better self or whatever terminology you want to use and uh just tolerant understanding were some things that i had to learn and, um you know so it wasn't a financial failure or yeah, yeah. that it was just in the, in the in the business of human relations right yeah it, it's it's a really interesting thing because so many leaders especially the emerging leaders are always trying to say i have to do it the same way i have to do this i ha-, they have this perception that it's got to be the same thing and marshall what you just said around listen in all aspects of leadership or working with people everyone can contribute in a certain way that doesn't have to be the same way as long as a contribution is backing to that overall result it could be helpful. But I think that's where people get stuck as they feel leadership is one way. And I often say this, you know, the days of 1812, right? Certain things are great from 1812. Doesn't mean it still applies today. I'm not saying I don't value certain disciplines from 1812. I'm just saying for those people holding on to ways of leading where sometimes it's always a command and control or I have to know better than you, right? There's, you work with some innovative people. Well, I think really good leaders uh, can read the room or read the office or read the locker room or whatever it is, yeah. and they know and are built and they have an ability to sense what it's going to take for every one of those people to find their highest and best self. Mm. And that's a that's a very unique skill. And if you find that, and then if you're able to, there's another word I'd like to throw out there, which is alignment. If you yes. get alignment between all the stakeholders. And the leader is the guy who kind of, or person, I should say, who's trying yeah. to create that alignment between all parties and find a support mechanism to make sure everyone can contribute in their best way. That is a professional person that's able to to uh, to use that. Yeah, I like that. Contributed, contributing to their best way, right? That's definitely going to be a takeaway from this today is just really about how do you contribute your best way, right? And I, I get sometimes you may have to say, what would Marshall do? What would this person do? Until you sometimes get your voice around what that looks like. And that makes sense. But it cannot always be what would Marshall do, right? Because then they're not sometimes contributing their best way. So you know what, what would you... And what I would suggest too, and, and you probably do this, Kyle, but mm-hmm. there's various personality inventories out there that will help. You know, we all kind of fall in depending on which one of those ones you subscribe to, whether it's Enneagram yeah. and whether it's the four where people are broken Disc, down into yeah. fours or broken down into eights or whatever they are. Yeah. I think yeah. that's very beneficial and helpful yeah. for yeah. you to understand when someone's operating in a healthy place, how they react. When they're in an unhealthy place, how they react. Yeah. What what's uh, music to the ear, their ears, and what what's going to be uh, you know something that washes washes yeah. their energy as well. 
Yeah, and, and that, that plays a part around back to that team collective, right? It's not just yourself because, you know, out there we know we, we often hear about the golden rule, right? The golden rule is treat others the way you like to be treated, right? And, you know, the, the space that we do in leadership as well as in coaching, you know, is more around we call the platinum rule, which is treat others the way they expect to be treated, right? Because there's times when you talk about building a relationship that you have to think about someone outside of self for that collective group, right? Like how do we drive that? results versus hey I need to be spoken to this way and everyone here is going to speak to me this way sometimes it's about understanding who like you said read the room be mindful of who else is in that space and then how do we ensure there is alignment and alignment doesn't always have to be it has to be my way it has to be your way it's just we are aligned to a way to get to where we need to be in fact I think some well two things I'd like to mention ego compression and I mentioned it earlier yeah the only way you can do what you just said is if you have ego compression yeah if, yeah. if your ego gets the best of you it's very very hard to have that kind of environment you just described mm -hmm. and you know I also think getting alignment when you when you empower people to have their voice and, and you hear their voice then they have buy-in and you allow them Absolutely. to maybe fall and skin their knees the odd time in whatever role they have. Yeah, they're empowered. They have buy into the common goal that you have yes. going. And, the, and a good leader takes people's voice, but he knows when to step. Or he, I shouldn't say he. That person yeah. knows yeah. when to step in when the time is right. There are times Absolutely. to let the you know people do their thing, and then of course you're in a moment of crisis or turbulence or rough waters. The leader must come in and then that's when the directive comes. I love that. Really love that. So as we kind of wrap up here, Marshall, I'm curious, what would you say is a, is a challenge right now in leadership? Like either in your group that you're working with or what you see quite often, what would you say that is? Well, I think is the leader getting in his own way or their own way is a, is a problem. Again, it, it comes back to you know, when things are going really well, it's easy to to pat yourself on the back. But when things are, aren't going really well and you're the leader, then it ultimately falls on your shoulder. Yeah. You're not getting the results that you don't want. What are you doing? What are you contributing to the recipe that you're not getting that result? Are you selecting people wrong? Are you got the wrong recipe in place for the people that you have? Have you given them unattainable goals? Have you created a crappy culture? What have you done that's getting in the way of or inhibiting the results that you want? And I, I think that's a, you know, and it's something that I have to do with myself. Even though I'm aware of it, I still have to right. occasionally when, because as humans, we, we, we let our own, our own needs and, and wants and uh, get in the way of the results at times. And you just have to it's a constant check for me, I guess. Yeah, being mindful of it. Um, and so what would you say for an up-and-coming leader? If there's one thing from your opinion, because we've talked some fantastic stuff today, uh, is there one thing that you say, listen, if you just focus on this, this is going to allow you in your leadership to move the needle in the right direction. What would that be? You know, I'll use the analogy of, of players that become coaches and they forget what it was like. <laughs> the things they hated as a player and they institute that as a coach, same as a boss, right? The things you didn't like when you were a the rank and file and you get to a leadership position and all of a sudden you want to do it a different way and, and become that 
person that you didn't like when you were in the rank and file. And, and it's different for everyone, but I think that's just remembering where you came from. I guess that would be the, uh, and what you like about leaders that you had and what yeah. you didn't like about leaders that, that you had and why was and why was that? Now, why I'm laughing when you were talking is because I call that leadership amnesia, right? Because you just like you you forget all about it. It's almost like, you know, I see this sometimes even in my own private practice when we have conversations where it happened to me, right? Where I was like, I'm not going to be like my mother. I'm not going to be like my mother. I'm not. And I turned into her, right? And I'm just like, how did that happen? And I think what happens is we focus, we fixate it, right? On certain qualities. And usually it's not the good ones. And then because it's still top of mind. But what I like is what you added is not just on the stuff that you don't want, but the stuff that you really enjoy too about that leadership. And that's something you should be mindful of to say, hey, the great leader did this great and I could model off that versus so fixated on, I wanna be this, I don't wanna be this. And they turned into that, right? Where you're just like, do you remember we were both on the same team and we didn't like that guy. And so now, now what, right? Yeah, I think it's important for a leader to create a, um, atmosphere of trust mm -hmm. and trust where he has or they have awareness yeah and being oh feedback is a gift but being getting feedback from people that are giving you versus what you want to hear you know what I'm yeah. Saying? yeah and that's that's hard we don't like to be pretty but if you have a a a, a you know, people that are close enough to you to tell you mm -hmm. what's really going on and what they really see versus what you want to hear. That's that's an important uh, ingredient, I think, to making sure you don't have leadership amnesia, I think. You yeah. <laughs> And that allows you to check the ego compression, right? Because at the end of the day, you know, feedback, and we say to people all the time, feedback is just feedback. There is no positive feedback. There's no negative. Feedback is just feedback. It's how you receive it sometimes in that moment. Marshall, you're phenomenal. I don't care what they say about you. You're a great guy, okay? I'm only planning. So a couple of things for our listeners and viewers today. You know, Marshall and I really got into some conversation around leadership. When we talk about how are you being mindful? You know, how are you reading the room? Are you making sure you're mindful of your audience? You know, uh, JLL obviously supports a vision around communication, collaboration, and it's also trust. So again, you have to be able to give people an opportunity to do what they need to do, right? So it's one thing to get involved, but you have to know when to get involved. It's not always just delegating and leave them on their own, but it's about how do you get involved. And I really like that piece that you, you offered today about, you know, being mindful of that ego compression is in the sense of saying, hey, am I here just to receive this information because I could only do so much by myself and I need to be able to do it collectively when we think about the team as the team results. What type of environment are you guys creating in your leadership? Is it allowing your people to grow? Because sometimes your business or the in industry you're in requires that you are providing a service that maybe just you can't provide and you need a collective group to be able to do that. So you need to be able to be mindful of that as well. Did I miss anything there in that summary? That's a pretty good summary. I don't even think I could do it. It was my word. So good work.
<laughs> Wonderful. Thank you so much, Marshall, uh, for joining us today. Um, guys, and thank you for listening, um, guys and gals for listening and watching today. I hope this was informational for you. And again, if you do have any quests, uh, questions or comments in the show notes, we'll have some contact information there. So you'll be able to tap into that as well. And if you're not done this already, please download, subscribe and share this podcast with those folks out there. We'll see you next week on Imperf Inspired Action for Imperfect Human. Take care. Thank you again, Marshall. Thank you. There you have it. Thank you for listening. It's our goal to build a global community of inspired action takers. And we can only do that with your help. So if you love Inspired Action for Imperfect Humans podcast, please leave us a review on your favorite podcasting app. Provide a rating, download, subscribe, and share us on your socials. New episodes every Tuesday. You've heard from us. Now we want to hear from you. Keep the conversation going by joining our private Facebook group, Inspired Action for Imperfect Humans, or go to inspiredactionpodcast.ca. And tell us, what is the inspired action you took this week? Next week on Inspired Action for Imperfect Humans. And it's about helping uh, the people that I work with to be really the, the absolute best that they can be. And I think when, you, when I've figured that out, that's when, um, you know, that, that's, that's when as a team we started to experience more success because when everyone else was doing awesome then that that just pushes the, the other leaders up not out mm -hmm.